I finally found you. What what are you doing in here? What did you do with all the color? Oh, sorry. We were trying to make Eleven and Anton more comfortable with the environment. Uh, I understand. Well, well, how did you get here in the first place? You said you had some news for me. Yeah, I have fantastic news, Greg. <laughs> it's, do you remember how we used to try to get uh, Tango Charlie to sponsor us so we could say their name on the air? I do indeed. Well... Greg, I finally landed that one big sponsorship. And no, it's not Tango Charlie. And no, it's not Alien Ant Farm. It's... <laughs> Greg, I have a $1 million sponsorship for this show. $1 million? What are you talking about? Did they give you something? Look, right here, mm -hmm. uh, this flyer. Look at it. Uh, Denny, this is a scam. This is... What is this company even? Podcast Sponsorship M L M L L C Buddy, I think you you've made a mistake in judgment here. There's no million dollar sponsorship. But the email address is real. It says blueapron at hotmail.com. Blueapron at hotmail.webzone.ca. You you misread it there, bud. This this see just see the the logo is a triangle that can't be a coincidence this is a pyramid scheme denny get out while you can <sighs> sorry greg i'm gonna have to travel on foot to blue apron headquarters and tell my whole hometown about it so they'll know what a successful podcaster i am i'll drive you let's go <laughs> cool sounds healthy rad <laughs> You wouldn't want to upset me. You gotta drive me. If you don't drive me, I'll be upset. <laughs> You're ornery. And putting my life in danger. Well, hell yeah. This is uh, Nebraska. We're doing it, folks. We're doing We're it. We're back on regular themes again. This is movies for when color is overrated. And as you can tell from the well thought out and executed sketch, we are covering the 2013 movie Nebraska. Ooh, our first black and white movie to fit the theme. Denny, I'm excited for this theme. This is pretty cool. I, I was. Yeah. Were you kind of surprised I went with a newer movie to kick this thing off? Yes and no. Yes, because I'm a very inside the box thinker sometimes, and I just thought the theme implied it would be old. Um, but mm -hmm. I didn't. If if you asked me, is Greg more likely to pick a stylistically black and white newer movie or? A mandatory black and white older movie um he's probably i i i'd say nebraska is a very fitting pick for you yeah i'm glad i have that reputation in your mind and yeah i was really glad to watch this one again but before we talk about nebraska of course cheers cheers here on movies for win then i want to talk about all the stuff we did watch we took a little hiatus for thanksgiving yes how was your thanksgiving by the way um, very nice. Very nice. A rare, nice family Thanksgiving. Um, 
No, it, it was small. It was low-key. Um, we just had my mom, my brother, and uh, my brother's long-term serious girlfriend over i don't I mean, she's family i feel weird calling her girlfriend you know like is what i'm trying to get around um but um yeah no we just come over we had a uh, potato soup and italian subs and Ooh. all right i played with my three darling little babies the whole time i stayed home from work for four days and played with the three kittens i adopted yes i did Cats. it was amazing Cats, 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 cats. So which one is Mr. Mustafa, please? Well, Mustafa, please tell me about it. We named them Mungo Jerry, Rumple Teaser, and Taylor Swift, Bodysuit Dancer. Um, (laughs) After our three favorite characters in Cats. Yeah, of (laughs) course. That one bodysuit dancer that didn't get CGI'd is what I named (laughs) the third cat after. (laughs) And we shaved that one. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad you took inspiration from our favorite movie we've ever covered on this podcast. That yes. Super memorable, to say the least. Uh, yeah, congrats on the new cats. Thanks, Glad man. you had a good Thanksgiving. I had a similar one. It was a whole lot of, a whole lot of food. No, t- no Italian subs, but, you know, kind of a traditional spread. And just, you know, my parents, my brother brought all five of his kids over to my parents' house, and we hung out with all those little rascals running around. There's so many of them. Wow. It's five. That's a litter. And I thought three cats was a lot. (laughs) Try adopting five kids, but they're yours. Uh, (laughs) Did I get them taken from me, and I had to adopt them afterwards? You got to work for it. Uh, But one of them skateboards with a monkey. All right, Denny. Speaking of Which other of movies, is dead. Is it me? Uh, both of them, because it also plays hockey. You see, let's get into the cosmic justice of other movies we watched while we were taking a break for Thanksgiving. Sweet. I'll um, let you go. Cool. I, I actually have a I have a shorter list this time uh, because I first of all Mario RPG came out. That's taken a lot of my time. Mm. Um, great Are game. You... Okay, up? good. I was going to see how you liked it. If you say oh, it's I've been yeah. over the moon about it. Really enjoyed it. Um, but I've I've also pretty much only wanted to watch uh, things that I could have on in the background while I played with cats. Because they're not going to be little bitty babies forever. Um, so I, I want to be present for that. Um, so what that, that has amounted to is mostly watching a lot of uh, Rugrats in the background. Um, that's mm-hmm. been my my hyperfixation show recently. Um, I did um, I did get in two movies. Um, one is since my cats are named Frankie, Magenta, and Columbia, and they're all from Denton, the home of happiness. I did have mm-hmm. to show them the Rocky Horror Picture Show, their namesake, um, mm-hmm. after after I got them, uh, even though I watched it like a month ago, but it's like my favorite movie ever, so who gives but a shit? But they didn't. They didn't, yeah. and they needed to see it. Um, one that I am super excited about, though, that I hope we will cover one year on this show, um, I watched not the new Thanksgiving slasher, but the old Thanksgiving slasher, blood rage um i have been meaning to watch it for years and every year i fucking forget it thanksgiving um i thought that was just a chill stupid thing i wouldn't have to pay a lot of attention to 
Um, it turns out it's like hilarious, and I wished I was paying mm. more attention to it than, than playing with the cats. Um, but when I was glancing up, it's definitely uh, it knows what it is type of movie, um, and it seemed like it was really fun, honestly. So um, that was uh, not. Can you believe though? I, I wanted to get out to the theater to see the current Thanksgiving slasher. Just Thanksgiving, yeah. going with the uh, tradition of. Uh, Modernly, just awful titles that are nondescriptive and yeah, you can't I, I kept what the movie's about because of it. I, I I looked at the title. I'm like, okay, where's like the wordplay? Oh, it is just <laughs> called. <laughs> I was like, right, thanks, right, giving. Hold up, it's just called Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, fine. I did want to see it though. Yeah, I I heard it's decent, um, but. I have a whole thing about holiday episodes and holiday movies, so I'm not going to watch it till next year because I didn't get to the theaters in time. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, maybe by then it'll be a cult classic or something. Yeah, that's we'll how see. they'll market it for sure when it comes to Peacock. Can't wait. To, yeah, oh, that. Oh my God, that screams going straight to Peacock. And doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, I I don't know how these things normally work. I don't pay attention to what studio does what, but it just <laughs> you see that trailer and you're like, well, I'll watch I'll watch that in Peacock in yep. <laughs> a few a few days, a week after Thanksgiving. That's the brand, baby. Hell yeah, and wrestling. Is that all the stuff you watched? Yep. All right. I watched some stuff. Um, I wasn't expecting a hiatus. I just kind of got way too busy we were gonna try to squeeze an episode in but i got too busy with stuff but i did watch a few movies there's a podcast that i listened to it's hockey focused and they did a listen along watch along episode where they like recorded themselves watching a movie that features a whole lot of hockey but sucks a bunch i watched the love guru oh my god mike myers it that's that's like what ended his career. It's still, you know, it's still going. He's got that Netflix show. But well, yeah, it's what, that, sorry, it's what made him not want to do movies anymore for a really long time. Not, I, like, not forced him into retirement. Um, but he had such a bad experience with it that that's why he, like, went away for, like, a decade. Hey, I also had a really bad experience with it. It was <laughs> <laughs> insufferable. Oh, my God. It was, I... The hockey, like hockey culture, hockey fans. If there's like a movie that features hockey, it's going to be talked about or like referenced or, you know, talked about to death. The Love Guru is like almost centered entirely on hockey, and nobody talks about it or wants to talk about it. I gave it. I'll give you my Criticer score for it. I gave it a three out of forty. So one point for each time I got a genuine laugh. So wow. What what other movies have gotten a three for reference? Uh, I'll I'll look that up because that's actually <laughs> that's actually really interesting. I, I feel like I've given a lot of fours and a lot of ones and only like a couple of zeros, but I can't remember like threes specifically. It's not many. I usually don't seek out stuff that I think is gonna suck. Uh, Terminator Three, Sharknado, Season of the Witch, not. Uh, Halloween 3. Oh, okay. Season of the Witch with Nicolas Cage. Oh. <laughs> uh, movie, a movie called Pulse that came out in 2006. I think that one's got like... 
Kristen Bell in it or something. Yeah. Okay, so Kristen not, Bell not movie. the J-horror that I it's like. The, it's the Kristen <laughs> Bell movie that... It's the Kristen Bell movie that they are making fun of in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, the cell phone thing. Yes, how can a mobile oh, okay. phone kill you? Uh, the other things, I gave a three. The Speaking of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Jeff Who Lives at Home. I hated that movie. Uh, Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. I think on a rewatch, I'll give it a better grade. Uh, couples I, retreat. I don't know that you will. <laughs> that, that might be very <laughs> fitting, honestly. <laughs> that might be just right. Uh, couples retreat from 2009, and Batman Forever. This might be a really old score. I feel like that shouldn't be a three. No, Batman Forever. I recently watched it. It's like that bad. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. It's, it's unbelievable. How, wait, that that's the Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones one, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, no, and, um, it's, it's awful. Like, it's like, it's my favorite one from childhood, so anyone who's upset about me saying this, I love it too. I fucking had the toys, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's one of the most atrociously bad Batman movies I've ever seen. Like, it's like, it's barely coherent. I just clicked on it, and Will Reno has a review that just says, Val Kilmer ruined this. So. <laughs> Listen, man. It's a fun Val Kilmer's Batman was far from the worst thing about that movie, all right? I, I wouldn't even say it stands out as particularly bad compared to the rest of it, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's so fucking bad. <sighs> Maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe next year. We'll do a... I was going to say a franchise rewatch. That's going to be 60 movies. Jesus, yeah. Speaking of franchises, I kind of... Soft reboot, whatever. I watched the newer Dread movie. Oh, I've the, heard it's good. The Judge Dread one. Um, it's fine. I thought it was like a less interesting blend of RoboCop and The Raid Redemption. It was okay. I think I've seen much better reviews from people i trust and like it gets talked about pretty highly i didn't really have a great time with it i thought it was a whole lot of like the thing you know the movie 300 where it's just like let's go into slow-mo and watch the cgi blood slowly splatter across the screen and it's just like stuff like that just doesn't doesn't work for me very much anymore uh but it it was it is cool enough and definitely worth watching it's really funny though because carl urban plays judge dread and his (laughs) The very opening line of the movie is him breaking his American accent in the movie by saying, America is an irradiated wasteland. He throws that R between America America and is. America is. I was like, wait, let me keep listening and see if it's really an American accent. And it was. It was very funny. The first word was flubbed up. That's awesome. (laughs) Accent. They can't help themselves. They just... They just throw the R in there, no matter what. They take it away from words that it belongs in and add it to words it doesn't belong in. <laughs> they like, add it between words. Look, I lived with, uh, I guess, is, is uh, oh my god, Carl Urban. Is he Australian? New yes. Zealand. New Zealand. I lived with He's a guy a from Australia, and he taught me the trick. It's like, if you wanted to say, uh, look at the star in an Australian accent, you go, look at the star. Just take the R off. But... You add it to, like, saw it. I saw it. That's that's what you do with all those R's you drop from the word car. (laughs) (laughs) They they get made up in other places. Yeah, you don't want to waste them. (laughs) 
they carry over to other places. Yeah, they're not wasteful. I appreciate that. Um, the other movie I watched was a lot worse. Uh, Christmas season is upon us, so let's watch some dumb shit. We watched the Freebie original Xmas, starring uh, Leighton Meester, who we who you know, may know from Gossip Girl as Boyd Waldorf. That was not enthusiastic. Uh, yeah, it sucked. It's a bad movie. It's it's uh, exactly what you would expect as a Freebie original Christmas rom com. Would recommend. Um, something I did watch that I really liked, that you really liked, that's very funny. We watched Bottoms. Yeah! Yeah! What'd you think? I thought it was really cool. I thought it was so funny. I was like, I knew you had liked it, and I've seen like a lot of higher reviews on it, and I was like, okay, I don't know what kind of brand of humor I'm going to get, but I trust that it's going to be funny. Because mm -hmm. people I like who I think are funny, say it is funny. It yeah. was way more off the wall than I was expecting it to be. And then Marshawn Lynch was just fantastic. Wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a ridiculous time, and I couldn't get enough. I could have done with 15 more minutes of it. So uh, The last thing I watched, since our last episode was on The Wrestler... I watched another Aronofsky film. It's the new one. It's called The Whale, Denny. Have you seen this movie, The Whale? Yeah, it's about how uh, Shamu wants to do just one last show, and the doctors tell him a big jump will kill him. And, uh, mm -hmm. and it's because of the cruelty towards him that he has to protest and not be a, a show whale anymore. They just keep feeding him pizza is the thing. Uh... <laughs> Now, The Whale was... I don't know. I have i can't remember the last time I was this conflicted on if I like a movie or not. It's, like, extremely well made. And Brendan Fraser got an ac uh, Oscar... Accent? What? Oscar. He got an Oscar for it, and an I thought he deserved it. An Oscar. He got an, an accent. Oscar that, is... that, was, that was an Oscar and an accent. That's a bit. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that again. It, it's it's like super well made, super well acted. Like the prosthetic and CGI to make Brendan Fraser look huge is very good and believable. I think it looks awesome. Um, but it is based on a play, and boy, can you fucking tell that this is <laughs> a a play? I'm just like, oh brother, the writing is kind of the weak part of it. And there's an extremely pivotal character whose name is Alan Grant. Dr. You Alan Grant? Yeah, I was going to say, like, if that sounds familiar, you maybe remember an indie film called Jurassic Park. Anyway, he's married to Leia Organa. <laughs> <laughs> if only that were so. But, um, yeah, I watched that, and I was, you know, looking up a little about Aronofsky, and learned a little something. You you mentioned in our last episode that you you compared the wrestler and you called it the sister movie to Black Swan. Mm -hmm. Originally his idea was those were the same movie. Ah. So originally the concept was a a project he kind of had started working on and it was a love affair between a professional wrestler and a ballerina. Oh. And just like the different um different but similar like 
they're basically just two performers, right? They're yeah. different kind of performances, just with different kinds of reputation. The two of them coming together, and it just kind of—he said it just kind of split off. Uh, the ideas just split off into two separate movies. I thought that was really interesting. That makes so much sense to me because they've always stricken me as so thematically linked, right? Like that—that that just totally tracks. That—that's awesome that you found that. Yeah, like I, I posted somewhere like. Um, what did I was asking some people on the Discord channel? Like, what did, what did you think of the whale? Got a lot of highs and lows, of course, which didn't help me decide if I liked the movie or not. But <laughs> someone someone had mentioned that, like, did you know these two movies were this used to be the same one? Anyways, it was cool. That's all the stuff I watched. It was a pretty uh, busy week, surprisingly busy week for movies. And I think tonight we're when we're done recording, I'm probably gonna get in bed and seek out another shitty Hallmark-esque Christmas movie where, you know, then he just, the big city gal, she's got to go back to her hometown, write some stupid story, but uh uh-oh, the bakery is about to go out of business. The hot owner needs a hand. Will she abandon her job in big city and save Christmas town in time for Christmas? Only one way to find out. It's only 72 minutes long or something, so <laughs> strap in. Yeah. All right. I'll, I find the formula of an Adam Sandler movie very comforting for the same reasons, and I, mm-hmm. I can't knock it, uh, but I just don't get it for Christmas. It just I, I want to see toxic man-child Adam Sandler do one redeeming thing that makes a woman want to fuck him, punch someone in the face, and get the girl in the end. That's just, I want to see it happen. I like it. It comforts me. Guess what? You're gonna. So, (laughs) boy, do I have options for you. All right, Denny. That's enough. We've had a nice, colorful conversation, but I think it's time we remove color from the equation here. Just a little bit. For those watching at home that can't see and can only hear us, we just became Mm -hmm. black and white. Which is everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Don't adjust your TV sets. This is intentional. I spent so much money on this effect, Greg. It's a reverse um, Wizard of Oz, you see. We ditched Technicolor about 20 minutes into the podcast. Just so we could talk about Nebraska in a really immersive fashion. Nebraska, folks. 2013 film that... I swore the whole time I thought it was a 2015 film. I don't know what's up with that. This movie's huh. 10 years old. That's weird. Yeah, it feels a lot newer it makes me in my mind. Yeah. Well, it's uh, only as a prime rental or wherever you kind of rent digital copies of your movies. So despite the vintage Paramount logo in the intro of the movie, this is not on Paramount+. Plus. Unless I'm wrong and forgot to look. Or I do not think but. it is. I don't believe so either. Truly a truly a shame. But hey, you know what is there? What? Good Burger 2. Are you going to watch that? Oh, you know I am. I've already tried to get Vanessa to watch it, and she's I was, I was, already said no. <laughs> I was a little surprised you didn't you didn't get around to it already. But yeah, it's well, it's, it's not for lack of trying. I'll tell you that much. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear about it next week. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, uh, Nebraska. Yes. I'm going to give us the Critiker review of the week for Nebraska. Please do. Had a lot of positive reviews. Uh, this user gave it a 7 out of 10. 
And they said, Having lived in Montana, I can pretty much guarantee that Bob Odenkirk is more talented than anybody else who has anchored the news on a local station there. He wouldn't have had to pay his dues. (laughs) Fighting words for the city of Billings, folks. I'm just spreading the message. I, I love seeing Bob Odenkirk show up and stuff, man. It's very fun. What a treat. Uh, Denny, have you seen Nebraska before? What's your relationship with this one? No. Um, I, I remember you reviewing it in a way that made me really want to see it. And then when I uh, when I made the graphic for uh, whatever episode that was, I think it was in the, oh, uh, yeah. the Patreon days, I saw the poster. And I, I found that movie posters and beer cans are really good at telling me if I'm about to like what I'm about to taste, you know, like, okay. Um, and I, I saw that Nebraska poster and I was like, I like the message they're sending me about this movie. Uh, so I, you liked it. And I kind of had a, had a moment with the poster, but <laughs> that's, that's yeah. my whole relationship with it. What about you? I had a moment with the poster double dry hopped. Ooh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Um, I was drawn to the poster as well. I think I, re- I just remember this being nominated for a bunch of Oscars. I think this was a busy year. Uh, and it, it was kind of one of the ones that didn't really win anything, but it was nominated for a lot. And then exactly the same as you, I had a little moment with the poster where I was like, ooh. And I read the description of the movie. I was like, this could be interesting. And then nine years later, I watched it. <laughs> so What a poster. <laughs> What a poster, man. <laughs> this is really going to get me to watch this movie in maybe a decade or a little less. It's called slow burn marketing. <laughs> Bruce Dern might still be alive by the time I get to watch get to watch this. It's the kind of marketing deal that knows your family's taken care of after you're gone. Slow burn marketing. I'm going to wait till my... <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> All right. So, Nebraska, I finally watched it about a year ago, and I was really excited to watch it again. I think I find this to be an extremely comforting movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot. I was, it's on, if you go to Amazon Prime and look it up, it's like the genre descriptions are like family, drama, and then sad. <laughs> it's like one of the descriptors there. I'm like, you should replace that with comedy. Because I was expecting like, this is a funny movie, yeah. I wasn't expecting like a tearjerker, but like some heavier moments. And I was just like, I'm not sad at all watching this. This is great. I'm having a great fucking time. It, is, it you know, allows for moments of reflection and introspection and that kind of thing. But it's not like sad. It's no way. Thematically, nothing's really happening that's making you like feel bad for anybody outside of what happens to us as we get old in general but shit tired got tired of will forte getting bullied by his big (laughs) older cousins you know well i mean it did take him two hours to drive from bill or a couple days two days two days i could do (laughs) i could drive that in eight hours god you would have to go 120 miles an hour (laughs) yeah Okay. <laughs> Just great shit. Uh, the director, 
guys. <laughs> These those fucking guys. They're a treat. Everyone in this movie was a delight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director is from Nebraska. He's from Lincoln, though, so he's describes himself as more of a city guy, right? Lincoln is, I think, in an interview, he said Lincoln is the Paris of Nebraska. So he's not too in tune with like the countryside of things mm-hmm. or the rural side of things, but compared to the rest of us, yeah, you're from Nebraska, you know some <laughs> stuff. The decision to make this movie black and white, it was always going to be that way. The studio didn't really want it that much, but he's such a sucker for old movies. He just, ever since he started making films, he's always wanted to have a black and white movie on his resume. Huh. So there's not really like an artistic choice and just like, it's not supposed to make you think about anything other than the director likes old movies and wanted to make something in black and white kind of for him. Yeah, yeah. I can appreciate something like that. It doesn't I go much that. deeper than that. I yeah. lo- that makes me like it more. Like, mm-hmm. why is it in black and white? Because I, I thought it'd be cool. I wanted, <laughs> I never I wanted to do that. Black and white movie before. <laughs> I really should do one of those. They used to make a lot of them. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> I think that's part of, like, the comforting aspect of this movie to me. It's just... It's kind of a quiet location, and the lack of color kind of emphasizes that sense of comfort. There's just, like, not much to look at in already. Like, there's just, like, uh, Woody says, there's just a bunch of rotten sticks and weeds. Mm -hmm. Nothing really to look at, so why add, like, a pop of color to it? Yeah, what did, uh, initial thoughts on the movie, Danny, what'd you think? So, this movie, first of all, I'll ask this now. Uh, I think I know the answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is not every family like this? In some manner, yes. Okay. But, like, is your family like this? (laughs) Like, like exactly? (laughs) To what extent? I'm thinking more of, uh, well, where are you going with it? Like, the the money stuff or what oh no i just mean more uh the type of people and how they relate to each other and what their patterns are um i was trying to figure out why i related to it so much because i've never been to nebraska right like i was like why does this movie Mm -hmm. feel like home to me um and i realized my fucking grandma is from sioux city nebraska and she fucking brought that with her (laughs) does uh does she remind you of june squibb in this movie oh yeah everyone in this movie reminds me of someone in my family and i'm uncomfortable will forte knowing that he's like very obviously not fitting in and just sitting there (laughs) yeah you're like compared to them you're the big city guy yeah but you're from like suburban texas in our (laughs) case like (laughs) we're not really that far removed but you you can still relate and i think every family just has that side of it that you know (laughs) maybe not every family but a lot of families just have that that side of it that's a little more like what you see here from the you know extended cousins the aunts and uncles that you see maybe once every few years people that just kind of come into your life and you catch up with them a little bit but you still feel 
pretty comfortable around them, even though they are very different from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I found this to be a very relatable movie. Um, I also, we one of the few things we said to each other about it is that uh, we both feel that it's comforting, and that's so... Uh, <laughs> That's so weird. It's it's in one of my notes though. It's like it's such a peaceful and calming way to explore like dementia and changing family roles and mm-hmm. not living a life you feel proud of. So lying about it at the end, um, you know, yeah. like it's but it's so like it feels so nice the whole time. It's 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 an incredibly dark movie making light of some incredibly heavy stuff i don't know if that's even true it's not like irreverent in any way um mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's it's like it's charming in its yeah. exploration of that yeah yeah no that's a great way of putting it yeah um what a unique movie i guess i would say what a unique movie yeah uh it is weird finding comfort in like <laughs> They're just dealing with, like, the unknowability of, like, an emotionally distant father who's also losing his memory. And, you know, we're talking about putting him in a home and that kind of thing. We're just, like, dealing it with it in just, like, a subtly whimsical sort of way. And you can't just, you just can't help but, like, smile a little bit at yeah. it. And a lot of that goes to the into the performances, but I think it is the the writing and just, like, the conceptualizing of this story i don't know i i never feel like the movie's kind of pulling at heartstrings or anything like that it's presented very plainly but these people do have their own sense of humor and a story that understands that we also can have a sense of humor about these things it's it's not making fun of people from the midwest it's having fun with them we're laughing with them i guess basically it's like they're not it's not mean about oh these you know nebraska country bumpkins and that kind of thing it's yeah it's very respectful well yeah it's just having fun will Will forte's character is the audience surrogate right and um the implication between that is like hey we all know and love people like this right we're expecting the whole audience to be (laughs) that the the scene that sticks out to me the most is when they're all watching quote unquote the game you know and i'm like um i don't know like i'm 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 a theater boy um who has a lot of big emotions and whenever i'm around the men in my family sitting there quietly watching the game you know i'm always just Mm -hmm. like god i wish i like i wish we were having a more substantial conversation right now is what i'm always thinking i wish i could Mm -hmm. i wish i could get to know these guys on a deeper level and so i just related to will forte sitting there trying to blend in you know like in that Mm -hmm. scene um and it assumes that we all do right the movie assumes we all relate to that and we all have people in our life like this that we're like man they it's, I don't want to call them simple, right? Like, because that's not what it's doing, but it's saying that, like, yeah. they're just unable to connect in the ways we would like them to connect is essentially what it's saying. Um, they're, they're not able to reciprocate our desire for connection with them. And, it, yeah, and I know if you try to have that deeper level conversation with them, like, hey, I'd like to really get to know you on a deeper level, and they would just look <laughs> at you and be like, why? Yeah. 
And that would be the end of it. And sometimes, I guess when you get older, you realize, like, all they want to do is sit there and watch the football game, and me being here is comforting for them doing the same thing. So, whatever, I'm going to sit here and watch watch the football game with them. Kind of blend in. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's just funny how it's... There's just so many of them. Like, <laughs> in that scene particularly, yeah. I don't want to spoil gimmicks or anything, but yeah, it's... Fantastic scene. Um, what else you got, Denny? Hit me with a new thing. Um, you know, I would say that, like, I just really related to the protagonist uh, longing for a desire to know more about the people that raised him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, wanting to know more about their history and having it be, like, the most interesting thing in the world to me um, and feeling like it holds riddles or it holds the answers to riddles about my life if i could understand them and where they came from you know um Mm -hmm. and them just not being at all interested in giving you that information or having those kind of conversations or reminiscing about their life or how they came to Mm -hmm. be um man that was a i don't know like it was it was a very relatable movie to me in this sense like i i've really really connected with the protagonist in this one and it's funny too because his mom's very forthright with all of that information but she yeah. doesn't get lost in the weeds of the details uh-huh. while she was a big slut and that kind <laughs> of thing maybe revealing a little bit too much and then you know other family members or or friends are kind of saying oh here's what happened and it's just like no 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 we didn't lend you any money or like you didn't lend us any money we were supporting you and that kind of shit it's yeah, just yeah. kind of it seems a little bit back and forth. Maybe these people are truly unknowable. And that's kind of the theme of the movie. It's like just in the core relationship being the father and son to an unknowable dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director called that kind of relationship dynamic like your dad's just on another planet. Yes. And you just you just can't get there. But as they get older and can't take care of themselves something in you does feel still just like responsible like you have your have to do your duty and be their caretaker now even though this is a person you don't fully understand it's just a dutiful son to a distant father which again very dark theme or like blunt and it's just a hard reality to face but prevent presented in such a fun and charming way i can't help but watch more of it or yeah. watch it again and again, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's so heavy. Um, heavy, yeah. That's kind of the, that's what I was looking for. I'm just such a hard ass about this stuff. <laughs> it's not hard for me to make these hard decisions. Uh, my, my time as a sober living manager and as a therapist have really helped me get a really clear understanding of boundaries and what's appropriate. Um, and... Um, I do think, I do think I, there was, there was so much of this movie that was inaccessible to me because I was seeing it from a therapist perspective and not a film fan's perspective. Um, like the whole movie like shouldn't be happening because like Will Forte is so insanely codependent with his father. Um, Mm -hmm. 
that he would rather look for a second pair of fake teeth that he knows don't exist than have an honest conversation about where his dad is. Um, His brother and his mom, who are being portrayed as the assholes, are correct. They are right about what needs to happen in this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And our noble protagonist, who just wants to take him vagabonding and have this like father-son moment or whatever. Um, Brother, let me tell you, it is a fantasy. It does not go this way in reality. Um, when when you enable people, you should not enable. Um, so I, I think uh, there was there was some of it that was very hard for me to relate to because I was just like, it, it's again, it's like in a horror movie, um, the protagonist loses your empathy when they make a choice you wouldn't make, right? Then you mm-hmm. think they deserve to die. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think that happened for me here. Like, so there were many times where I was like, well, I wouldn't even be in this fucking situation because I wouldn't have enabled a fucking dying man, you know, like with his insanity. And uh, I would have just not let this happen. So um, that's, you know, years of work and this needing to happen in my family. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I really was curious what you would think about the about the movie in general. I was like, I wonder how like someone with your, you know, area of profession and that kind of thing, your work history and also just like does somebody's relationship with their own father skew their like or dislike of the movie, that kind of thing. I was I was kind of curious what you thought about it, especially as somebody that's tells people on a regular basis for work like how to deal with relationships like this i'm sure that not like the whole time but like i'm sure it comes up it's it's very common it's very very common um yeah man uh and like on it's a great movie I, i don't dock points for this or anything it's just uh in the same way that i'm sure like most cops hate cop movies because being a cop is nothing like that you know like um mm-hmm this is just something where I'm like, yeah, family dynamics don't work this way. Um, when, when you do this, it's not sentimental. It's not cute. Um, you don't end up having a special little trip down memory lane where everybody gets to feel fulfilled in some way. It, it, this is, this is a very sick dynamic and like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, it, it's a movie that I, I do think, uh, romanticizes codependency. Um, and that that's something I would say I dislike about the movie, but it's not like a like I can turn that off and just love the movie for what it is and say like this was a special story about a father son relationship and learning to meet in the middle of all this ambiguity and somehow come out of it saying I love you, you know, like um, without mm-hmm. ever saying that, um, you know, like I, I get that, you know, but. Uh, it's it's a very very gross dynamic honestly between the father and son to me yeah I totally understand that and there there are more than a couple moments where I'm just like I feel like we're learning new information about dad and then just not really addressing them or confronting yeah. anything really I was a little you know what they talked about the affair that dad had had mm-hmm. a while back and it was just kind of like it it just kind of came and went yeah it was pretty odd I, like i think i think will forte was mad at him 
but not for very long. And then it's, you know, not too much longer in the movie where, you know, driving the truck down Main Street and that kind yep. of thing. I'm still like, I feel like there's still some unresolved issues here, but this is a nice moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like kind of what you're saying about like a fantasy version of a codependent relationship in a family where everything goes well. Yeah. So, uh, I guess I deal with it a whole lot less personally. So, while I do recognize that gap or those issues, I'm not really like, oh, but it could never be like this, or like lamenting anything in my own life, I guess, which I know I'm very fortunate and a rare case in that, in that <laughs> regard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, but that's the thing, too, is like, I don't know. I don't know that the movie is trying to say, like, this is what you do. This is the right path to take. I think it's just trying to tell a story for the sake of telling one. And it's a story with a nice ending. I don't, I don't find it incredibly offensive. It's just, it's no. something that takes me out of it is all. Cause I'm like, reality doesn't fucking work this way, guys. <laughs> like this is bad. Yeah. That's totally understandable. You do kind of wonder, like, I don't want to say like, what's the point of this story? Sometimes stuff's just nice, I guess. Yeah. Some reality gets sprinkled in there, but we're, you're trying to make, maybe not trying to make like a feel-good movie, but trying to tell a fun and relatable story about your home state and you wanted to make it on black and white because you think that's cool. You're just making stuff that you want to tell. Yeah. Or a story you want to tell in a way that you want to tell it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Well, and I do think there is an arc, you know, of, like, originally Will Forte, his way of showing his dad that he loves him is that he'll just do whatever his dad says, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end, Will Forte <laughs> makes some judgments about, like, okay, dad, you've always wanted to own a new truck, right? That would make you feel like you lived a meaningful life. Okay, well... It's not new, but it's close to new. And I put your name on it, but you have to let me drive it. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, that, you know, like, that's an arc of, like, being like, okay, I'm going to have to make some decisions for my dad that my dad may not like, but I can do that in a way that honors him, essentially. You know, like, that's... but. So I'm not saying that it's just like, yeah, let crazy old people live fantasies. That's good. Um, mm -hmm. I think it has an arc there. Um, I'm just saying it. it uh, I've seen it. I've seen it not go this well so many fucking times. And everyone always thinks it will and hopes it will. And it doesn't. And the reality is like someone like the dad, there is nothing but complete control and... Uh, uh, and enablement of their delusions that will satisfy them when they are at this point they're not amenable you know they're not redirectable mm -hmm. um and i think that's what the movie misunderstands uh you you're not gonna reach a happy compromise with someone like that yeah it's this as soon as he starts reasoning with his mom like come on can't he just have this like just for a couple more days well then we'll just you're just kicking the can two days down the road basically yeah like i don't know i understand that dad's being belligerent about this isn't over till i get there but is it better to tell him no this is what you need and not let him go or is it better yes. to 
bring him to the face of disappointment and let him experience it firsthand. So you're saying the first one. Yes. That's better. Okay. <laughs> That's good better. to know. You uh, don't have to take off work or dedicate time and emotional energy to that. It seemed like it took a lot of emotional energy. It did. Of... It did. And that's that's what relationships like this do. And uh, that's what people come to therapy for. They don't know how to get out of it because they're so in deep on not upsetting this person. Um, but they're starting to get really resentful out of how much it sucks to spend your life keeping a petulant child happy at all times. Uh, and it's really yeah. hard to it's hard for them to get themselves out of it yeah that makes a lot of sense and i understand just that that difficulty level of saying no drawing a hard line yeah man that's just got to be so tough I, like i understand like in theory of just like no you have to like this is what's right this is what you need to be doing but like i also really understand like this is the person that raised me. I feel like just burnt out. Like, if we just go do this thing, I don't have to deal with the tough thing right now. It's as much for them as it is for me, I guess. Like, I just want everything to be fine and normal. But it's not going to be. Right. But at least I can, I can also pretend like it could be for a couple more days. See, I just... It, it's just... I, I found that there's seriously, like, just two different kinds of people. Um... I, I can't I don't have that in me where I can just be like, oh, I'll worry about this in a couple days. I can't have a couple days of calm knowing that this is coming. You know, like I'm like, we have to deal with this as soon as possible so I can fucking relax again. You know, like I mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about it or stop dreading it until it's dealt with. So, oh, my fucking God, let's just rip the fucking bandaid off. And it's just I you're I'm certainly not knocking your way of doing it because uh, it's mm. definitely something that's very common i think and uh, i haven't I, done anything my, my way certainly yeah. Yeah. I, i've seen in my marriage you know like uh vanessa is more your style um and i think that can have its issues of avoidance you know like and eventually avoidance needs to be dealt with right but um on the other hand, like, my way of just doing things immediately is certainly not the fucking way to do it every time, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> like, I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen that be wrong enough times to, to have some more perspective, but uh, I guess it's just in my life, uh, in my line of work and in my personal life, I don't see people tending to kick a can down the road for a couple of days and then deal with it. I see people kicking cans down the road indefinitely and never yeah. dealing with it. Um, and they have literally no end game in sight. They're not thinking about how this can only go on for so long. They're just doing it, <laughs> you know, like just mm -hmm. not worrying about when it's going to end. <laughs> They're just doing it because that's what they want to do and you can't stop them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a harsh reality for someone like that to kind of accept like time to deal with this difficult thing especially when it comes to somebody you love i guess me and vanessa are just too nice We're you nice are folks. and i was nice before i was a sober living manager i was a mm. i was a gentle expressive arts therapist before that greg but now 
I have learned <laughs> that well unhealthy people think that nice people are people who in, who enable them so if an unhealthy person doesn't think you're nice what does that tell you about yourself equals healthy yes I'm Wait. not I'm not yes. enabling this healthy person <laughs> Or I'm not enabling this unhealthy person. Sorry. There I try go. to enable yeah. as many healthy people as I can. <laughs> Old grizzled Denny has been 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 dealing with it in the trenches lately. So he's a hardened, chiseled, tough therapist. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh. He's ready to fight codependent relationships. You know all those things that no one said at the family Thanksgiving? I heard them all, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Thanksgiving is a very intense week for therapists. Don't fucking test me right now. Oh, that's right. Give me some examples, don't. (laughs) Obviously, this is a joke. On losing your license with Denny and Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Give me their names. Today's topic is HIPAA violations. (laughs) Oh, man. Ugh. All right, well, we've kind of discussed the themes at length, I guess, and yeah. how this movie makes us feel, our own selves, our own thoughts, our own families, mm-hmm. our own dynamics. Let's celebrate the filmmaking a little bit. Yay! Uh, and I'll talk about the cinematography. This was Oscar-nominated. I told you it uh, was nominated for a lot, lost a lot unfortunately i gotta double check that it didn't win for like six other things but yeah it it was nominated for cinematography Mm -hmm. the cinematographer's name is feed on papa michael which sounds like an arrested development bit character what a great name i assure you it's not (laughs) yeah it's it should have lost the cinematography oscar to prisoners but it actually lost it to gravity so that was a great fucking... Is, is that back when we were uh, saying gravity was good as a people? <laughs> That's exactly right. 2013, yes. man. What a time. What a, time. What a wild time. Yeah, this is way better. And then uh, Prisoners. Even better. Holy shit. And it's got to be so hard to get like senior citizens to act this well. Or yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of them are just like randos off the street or off the farm, I guess I should say. It was um, it was talked about a little bit in that interview I had read that he basically like the director basically put out a casting call to like small towns in Nebraska where this is filmed because this is a fictional town, so this isn't like a real specific place. But he just like would put ads on the radio or flyers in the newspaper and that kind of thing and he no responses he kind of had to start targeting like younger people like hey is a parent of yours interested in being in a movie get a video of them and send it over to you know this this and this and it took apparently it took like several months to get people cast for like these little uh one-off roles like the family member and that kind of thing. That's just, you know, people living in Nebraska. Wow. Like in towns like this. So real sense of authenticity with just these people. And 
it's something I complained about or you know I had complained about it with Nomadland but I mentioned it last week with the rest with the wrestler where you just pull people from the subject matter you're exploring and put them on camera and have them say lines Mm -hmm. I gotta say everyone here did a fantastic job damn I gotta agree man and uh must be one of those things where it felt real because it was real right like I I felt like Mm -hmm. we were I felt like we were a documentary crew fly on the wall with these people you know (laughs) like it felt very authentic the uh the conversations and this the relationship dynamics we were seeing oh yeah just all those like oh boy woody i haven't seen you in 30 years all right you doing good yep you yep well see ya like (laughs) (laughs) just those kinds of conversations man it's yeah it makes makes me think that nomadland wasn't uh such a strong flick after all um (laughs) it's opening my eyes a little this would have been Uh, a great pick for when the academy got it wrong uh that theme oh yeah oh yeah that's been on like the list forever i think yeah because that year it was also uh this movie no 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 sorry nomadland it was also judas and the black messiah minari it's like one other one that i uh sound of metal some kick-ass movies that did not win Best Picture, but whatever. And I think the last thing I, I got to praise is the score. The music really fits. The visuals, the emotions of the story, everything being shown and explored. I, I just think the music really just sets the tone in such a nice way. It's like watching it a second time, like even now, I couldn't like really hum you any bars of of the music at all but as soon as i watch it again like i I watched a few minutes of it before we started recording i was like oh yeah this familiar sound this this piece of music and it it really helps put you in in this town basically it puts you not only like there in the setting but also there with the characters and everything that they're dealing with so good job music hell yeah man just a a well-made flick all around like it it really like i just feel like it delivered on uh on the hype you know i i I felt like it was hyped up to me by you uh and it was again charm the charm it had uh just everything was so simple but also like exact you know like you could Mm -hmm. tell that like the filmmakers had absolute control of what they were doing and yet it felt so oh we just found it here you know we just found it lying on the ground like this yeah exactly that's that's what you want right like Mm -hmm. it's not charming if it's not authentic right and this kind of story won't be authentic if it's not seemingly simple Mm -hmm. or genuinely simple depending on you know what you have to do it just it all works together so well Everything that they had to work hard hard for felt simple, and everything that was simple felt like they worked hard for it. It all just kind of blended together into a really like cohesive bit of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got. Hell yeah, bro! Hell yeah! I uh, I didn't really take a ton of notes to be honest because it was pretty immersive. I uh, 
I honestly wish I took more notes about the filmmaking because I, I basically just took notes about how I over-identified with it. And I'm like, well, I remember that from memory. I didn't <laughs> didn't need reminders yeah. of this. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, those are the things that I needed you to fill in the gaps on, basically. It's just like, <laughs> these kinds of relationships and how they're dealt with in real life, I guess. Yeah. What they look like, because my parents aren't there yet. But, you know, it's coming for all of us, I guess. Well, my grandma's 101, so I have some experience. Jeez Louise. <laughs> That's a lot of years. <laughs> Dude, she's a living being right now, and she can tell you from memory what it was like to be in a Model T Ford. Mm. someone on earth right now can tell you oh like in a museum no 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 (laughs) like i drove one yeah Yeah. (laughs) like she has memories of the great depression you call Mm -hmm. her on the phone and ask her what it was like she'll tell you what the great depression was like living person depressing (laughs) yeah oh that's the thing though for her it's like oh it was traumatic my parents struggled. You know, like, it's not like mm-hmm. cool history trivia. It's horrible traumatic memories of her childhood. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like, they didn't have the internet. Like, the world at large was this way, you see, Denny. Like, no, no, my family was suffering. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I had eyes on. Food wasn't guaranteed. That's all I, I had I am not nostalgic for this time period. Next question. Stop asking me about this. <laughs> It's gotta be like asking Rose about the fucking Titanic. You beat when the everyone I love fucking died. Thanks for interviewing me. So was the water like super cold or like what was up with that? <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, that's yeah. I also didn't take very many notes. I just took like I took a bunch before I rewatched it, just kind of like from what I remembered and like kind of with looking some stuff up and then while i was watching it i was the same as you it was just like nah i'm i'm pretty deep into this i'm just gonna write stuff down later and i didn't write down very much so going off memory again um yeah i've said what i need to say i guess cool for a movie about a bunch of quiet men we sure have talked a lot about (laughs) Uh, well shall we uh shall we get into the gimmicks then greg we shall get into the gimmicks. Now, Danny, there's there's this little thing that we tend to do on the show, specifically involving gimmicks. It's a gimmick of the week. Danny, we have a new gimmick this week for the theme of Movies for Win, Color is Overrated. Danny, the, the gimmick of the week, you got it down? The moment of monochrome mastery. A moment where... The filmmakers really fucking nailed it with the black and white cinematography. Uh, Greg, what do we got for our moment of monochrome mastery? I I wanted to get one ahead of time, but I couldn't think of one. So I pulled this one while watching it just because I think it's such a brilliant shot. It has all those old guys I was talking about, the scene we've already talked about. It's all the brothers sitting in the room watching... Detroit and Chicago play football on the TV. It's just like this (laughs) homogenous just blend of gray plaid shirt wearing old dudes with gray hair. Like, this feels like a color shot, but it's just like it's so blended because all these people who are new to the movie all look the same. Mm -hmm. 
it's very funny and that also that scene also has like even will forte's wearing a plaid shirt over here in the corner he blends in so well it's just something like this very flat plain like group of barely even individuals that aren't saying anything is just so funny in their sameness is so funny and you know when bob Odenkirk, bob odenkirk shows up all these men that are just like they're not interested in anything really and then will forte asks ross how long did it take you to drive here and everyone just looks right at him like it's That was They've so never... accurate. These people are so preoccupied with how long it takes people to drive places. Yeah, it's like, depending on what part of the country you're from, it's either how did you get here? Like, what roads did you take? How long did it take you to drive here? Stuff like that. These men that have not cared about anything their entire lives, all they care about in this moment is what his answer was and mm -hmm. how long it took him to get here. Now, I, had, I do wish that Bob Odenkirk had popped in and been like, my little corn huskers. But this was not directed by Greta Gerwig. So. <laughs> Sad to say. What about you, Denny? What's your moment of monochrome mastery? It's not like a crazy significant story moment. It's when Woody is uh, stumbling in the door at the Stardust Motel. Um, <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. It's just weirdly obvious that for whatever reason... They tried way harder with the lighting and cinematography for that scene than they did for the rest of the movie. <laughs> like, they just, like, did it really fucking good for a scene. <laughs> it was great. It's awesome. He's, like, lit from behind. His hair's going everywhere. It's very, uh, very art house it's, looking, to be honest. It's like, it, it looks like where we got the poster from, right? Yeah. It's the, it's the shot of the poster, I think. Yeah. Uh... And it, like, kind of reminds me of Eraserhead, honestly. <laughs> like, it's it's mm -hmm. cool. Um, so, yeah, to me, that was just obviously the, the best the best shot in the scene, in the movie. Like, they just fucking nailed that for some reason. I don't know. Hell, yeah. Uh, that moment sticks out for me very much so. It, Bruce Stern's physical performance in this movie so is top-notch. Like, just when you think he couldn't feel any older... We got him climbing stairs or being drunk or just generally just walking somewhere. You're like, oh, shit, this guy's ancient. <laughs> it's A plus. Good work from him. Uh, Denny, what is your favorite lines from Nebraska? Um, God, how to pick, first of all. <laughs> like, this uh -huh. This was hard to narrow down. Um, I, I will say... You, you could just go with stuff only june squibb says and you you'd have a long list oh i was gonna say like her uh basically what would have won is something from her eulogy monologue but it all happened so fast i couldn't write any of it down um so <laughs> honorable mention to that whole monologue um mm -hmm. but uh I'll, I'll go with uh on theme with uh wanting to wanting to know more about about the people who created you and finding them unknowable um so why did you have us i like to screw your mother's a catholic you figure it out <laughs> <laughs> just like oh shit to me it's like it's like finding out god doesn't believe in you you know <laughs> like <laughs> 
<laughs> God's definitely real, but he doesn't believe you exist. He believes in everybody else. You know, it's like, Dad, why'd you want to be a father? Well, I didn't. I just like to fuck, and that tends to be a consequence. Essentially, is what he was told. <laughs> These things happen. It's, it's all, he says that line in such a way of like, what do you think? Like, <laughs> What did you expect? Do people put more thought into it than this? Like, what answer do you want, man? How do you think any of us got here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. What else you got? Was that your favorite one? That was my favorite one. What do, what do you got? What's okay. your favorite line? 12 out of 10. Okay. Uh, my runner-up is Ed. That's the name of the, like, rival guy. That's mm-hmm. kind of the old the old business party of, yeah. partner of Woody. Yeah, that asshole. Uh, but he's drinking in the bar. He goes to the restroom and he says, Now, excuse if you'll excuse me, I gotta go take a leak. You know what they say about beer. You only rent the stuff. <laughs> Top notch. <laughs> High quality stuff. Uh, my favorite line is... I would have used the Will Reno review. Because he just... He basically just pulls this quote. So I use this one for my favorite line instead of my review of the week. Uh, Will just said, with this quote, and said, Unreal, it's when Bruce Dern is in his childhood home that he grew up in. He walks in one of the upstairs bedroom and says, This is my parents' room. I'd get whipped if they found me in here. I guess nobody's going to whip me now. And that that whole scene is just like... It's probably my favorite part of the movie because, you know, there's a lot of moments where, you know, he's looking at the graves of um, friends and family and Jim Squibb's just kind of saying, like, this is this person, this is how they were. And you, the camera will go to uh, Woody every once in a while. You can tell he's just, like, internalizing some pain about the people he's lost, but totally happy to not be talking about it. Yep. In this scene, he is kind of saying, like, my brother died in this room and I was there. This is my parents' room. They would have whipped me, but they're gone now kind of sentiment. Mm-hmm. It, the last time that I saw my grandma was a few weeks before she died. And we had like a, my mom had a, you know, you can like take a bunch of pictures and put them in like a book, like Google Photos, mm-hmm. will like print them out for you or whatever. Uh, she got one of those of a road trip. Um, my mom, my late aunt, and my grandmother took to, like, grandma's childhood home in Missouri, mm-hmm. basically. And it was a similar kind of thing where, like, my grandma was at that point, like, not sh- entirely sure who we were, but knew she recognized us. And then, like, once she got talking, she was like, okay, I kind of know who these people are again. So it was, like, really rough time, but, like, she still knew she loved us, kind of. And she was, like... She would tell my mom, like, Jan, I got to tell you, I got I got no idea where I am right now. And my mom would have to tell her again, here's where you are, um, here's what's going on, that kind of thing. And, But as soon as we opened that book, there was a picture of the childhood home she grew up in. And she was like, okay, now this is in this town. Uh, my parents' room was this window right here. I was actually born downstairs in this room right here. And she was just like, picture after picture, just like, reciting like just core memories out of her life Mm -hmm. and this scene felt like a really shortened version of that kind of um that kind of moment i Mm -hmm. guess 
It does pass a little quicker. It has lingered on a whole lot less, but uh, my grandmother's a little bit more sentimental than Woody, but it, it did it did feel that way to me. That was so. a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing Thank that. you, man. Thank you. I, it was like, the last time I saw my grandpa, it was a whole lot worse. So I was really happy with her, and he had died a few years before. I was really happy with her that I got to like, my last time with her was her like really remembering some stuff and like telling some stories that was like way better like last visit she died like a few weeks later so that's all i got enough of that i'm not talking about that anymore guess no one's gonna whip me now guess no one's gonna whip me now fuck unbelievable all right denny we've discussed we've gimmicked but what are we gonna score this one what did you give nebraska on the old critiker score I'm giving it a 46 out of 50. Very high ah. score. Um, and, you know, I don't have... Uh, I, I love when I get a comedy I can rate this highly because I don't have, mm -hmm. you know, a great barometer for what, like, an S-tier comedy is. Because there's just, like, not that many I'd give above a 45. You know, like, um, mm -hmm. you know, like one of my five stars is The Big Lebowski. To me, that's a five-star comedy. That's your norm. So, um, you know, to put this up there in a similar conversation, you know, obviously not to the immortal Coen Brothers classic, The Big Lebowski, but definitely uh, closer to that than it is uh, The Love Guru, for example, I would say. For example, yeah. If you add my score of that movie and your score of this movie, you get one evenly perfect score and nothing more. <laughs> um, oh, wait, you're one point shy still. Anyways, um, I like this one a lot as well. It is, you know, you think back and you're like, yeah, I guess this one is very much a comedy. It's, it's, a, it's a very um, endearing brand of humor that I will return to at any point. I absolutely love it. Uh, maybe didn't deal very much with the issues. I kind of wish it had addressed like a few more of the um, character reveals that kind of came throughout the story. And like you said, like once you kind of start thinking about how this would look in reality, you're kind of a little tainted on the story. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit, though. It's not immersion-breaking at all. Uh, I gave this one a 35 out of 40. I enjoyed it a lot, and I will enjoy it again in the future. Hell yeah. Great pick, dude. Great pick. Hell yeah. I was I was excited to do this theme, and then I was like... I was trying to think of movies to do. I was like, well, I could do something a little newer. I could go older. Oh, yeah, Nebraska exists. That's right. I was, I was excited to do it once I thought of it. Uh, speaking of movies that are being done, Denny... We haven't talked about this. Well, we talked about it, but we haven't decided yet. What are we doing next week? Because this is your pick that we're doing. Yes. What did you decide on? Well, you did something newer, so I got to go with something a little bit older. Um, Hell yeah. I, uh, I'm going to put my other two choices on the poll, but uh, I'm going to go with, nice. uh, okay. with Sunset Boulevard. Um, I, I think that'll be a really solid one to watch, plus uh, Tony Storm is doing a Sunset Boulevard gimmick on AEW, and it's been making me want to give it a rewatch. So... Uh, okay. <laughs> this is an all-time classic, one of the most famous American movies ever made, and it's actually pretty fucking cool, too. So I'm looking forward to this one for next week. Hell yeah. Uh, I gotta say, I haven't seen it. I know, dude. Really looking forward I to know. it. 
Ugh. No, that's cool. The great pick. And uh, like Danny mentioned, we will have a poll coming out very soon so you guys can help us pick the third movie. His other two choices will be on there. You'll see. You'll, You'll see. You'll figure it out. You'll <laughs> You'll all see. <laughs> it's whatever happened to Baby Jane and the third man. Oh, okay. Well, I guess they know now. <laughs> Spoilers for the poll that will get posted on Facebook later uh, this week or next or whatever. Anyways... All right, Denny. Uh, I've uh, I've reviewed this this pamphlet you got, and it actually does look pretty legit. The only thing they ask in return for our sponsorship is a million dollar catchphrase. A Hit me with it. Million dollars, you say? Well, for Greg oh. Work, the Leg Work Johnson, and notable Foley artist Greg Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor, and this has been Movies for When. We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? I'm a policeman. See my badge? Stay home.